0: Welcome to Thinking Like a Lawyer with your hosts Ellie Mistal and Joe Patrice talking about legal news and pop culture, all while thinking like a lawyer here on Legal Talk Network. Hello! Welcome
1: back to another episode of Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice from the the above-the-law home offices here, and I have back for the first time in a few shows, Ellie! Yay!
2: Everybody's happy. Nobody's happier than me, who uh, is finally out of the house with my crazy children. I just had a second one, so I'm just very happy that somebody else has to take care of them while I'm doing this podcast.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's good to have you here. I'm Glad you were able to tear yourself away for a little bit. So I think that brings us right into what is usually our first little segment, which is where Ellie tells us something that's grinding his gears and making him upset. But you know what? Nothing.
2: My life is awesome right now. I've got two, you know, my wife is better at pumping out kids than I am at taking a crap, right? She just gets in there, 90 minutes, boom,
1: done, out with it. It is astounding how how little labor trouble she has and how much other women, when she talks about it, get mad.
2: Yeah, I mean, she has a, look, she has a bad 90 minutes. I mean, it's a bad 90 minutes that I wouldn't want to go through, but it's 90 minutes. It's a bad Adam Sandler
1: movie is how she gives birth. Right? I'm sorry, what? It's like a bad Adam, Adam Sandler I don't movie. I understand the bad part. What do you mean? <laughs> it's like you know, an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. You don't need to be redundant. <laughs>
2: it's 90 minutes. You think it's never going to end, but then eventually it does. Only this time you have a baby. So that's great. The Mets, they're playing awesome a Cespedes for NVP. Like, I don't have a lot to complain about. The only thing I'll say is that it is, it is so nice to live in a world um, where somebody else, as I started with, as where somebody else is in charge of taking care of your own kids. And it's not the government, which is awesome. It's not some teacher who might be, you know, have his own ideas. It's not the Catholic Church. It's an actual person, a spouse, sitting at home making sure the home front is, is being taken care of while I'm at work. And that's awesome, but that okay. does... Whoa. Th- thanks for that little tirade there, Rush Limbaugh.
1: <laughs> A spouse. I didn't say... It's not the government or public schools. It's just the woman at home. That's, the spouse, that's exactly... The spouse what at home. The <laughs>
2: spouse at home. And here's, here's where I'm not Rush Limbaugh, okay? Because you know what I realize is how... Freaking lucky I am because my wife works for a serious corporation that gives her actual maternity leave. She's yeah. got three months paid leave. Do you realize how rare that is? And we've only realized this personally, kind of talking to our friends who are not who are you know our socioeconomic level um, or sometimes a, a little bit below. Three paid months of maternity leave—that's crazy in this country, but in Germany, yeah, in Europe, I'm making Germany outside of Europe, I think, for the safety of everybody. But (laughs) you see my point here? How ridiculous is that? How ridiculous is it that you're expected? And again, my wife, easy as it's going to be labor. How is it that you're expected to pump a human out of your vaginal cavity and then be right back picking up boxes for UPS three weeks later? Night. Unpaid leave is not unpaid leave is a joke. How is how is that leave if you're if you if you're being unpaid? Unpaid leave is just I'm unemployed with babies. It's called welfare. That's what unpaid leave is. So, I don't have I don't have any problems because I am a man with a wife who is home taking care, care of my kids and that is awesome for me on this particular day, but a thank God I'm not a woman. Thank God I'm not a woman and the only thing that would make me happier
1: at this point is if I was living in Germany. Yeah. There's just not a whole lot to do with <laughs> that. Um, yeah, no, it is, it is a longstanding problem in this country that there's no... I mean, who knows? Let's go Maybe, Mets. maybe the next... The next president of the United States, Donald Trump, can solve all your problems (laughs) for you. So, uh, this week, because the NFL is starting up, uh, college started up already, we thought we would have a little bit of a discussion about sports again. We had a couple of minor stories about sports, and then we wanted to touch on the kind of big two at this point, which is the aftermath of both Spygate and Deflategate, Spygate having come back into the news over the last couple of days. So... I think let's let's bring in our guest now, because I think yep. he might have opinions on some of the small issues we we're going to talk about. Steve Silver from The Legal Blitz. He also writes occasionally for us over here at ATL Redline. He's also our first returning guest. He was the guest on the first show that we ever did of this. He's hey. also
2: actually a practicing attorney, in case you need some legal help in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. We should bother to say.
1: <laughs> so welcome back.
3: Thanks for that plug. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I think I should get like a raise or maybe just a plaque or something for being the first returning guest.
1: Yeah, so th- I think they, we had two smaller issues before the bi- the big issues of the day, and we just kind of di- that we thought they might become the grinding of gears, but then uh, then I'm well, that so tirade I'm happened. I'm just so I'm just so damn happy. So uh, the first one that Ellie wanted to talk about, why don't, why don't you set up
2: that one? Yeah, so actually, I, I kind of I'm testing the opinion of of, of the crowd here. Um, uh, if you haven't been following sports very closely, you might have missed that two San Antonio football players have been accused of essentially assaulting a referee during a during the game. The referee is standing, not looking at the players. Um, one player very purposefully knocks him down. Another player, even I think more egregiously, spears him in the back while the ref is down. Um, there's some talk about how there's an assistant coach who's been suspended because he perhaps said that the ref uh, um, deserved to get a comeuppance for some of the calls he made, and then. There is, at this point, the almost obligatory allegation that the referee uttered some kind of racial racial slur at the players, which then justified them um, assaulting him in the back. Um, now, I just set, told that story using the word assaulting him in the back um, because I think that's what I saw. Is that what you guys saw?
3: Yeah, you know, this is this is like the Geno Smith punch from a month or two ago. Right. <laughs> you know, just just because it's. In the realm of football, which is a contact sport, doesn't mean that all contact is invited. And at the most basic level, uh, you know, that's what we're dealing with with assault. It's going to be, you know, an unwanted uh, physical touching. And that's what happened here. This actually happened. They didn't even do a good job of trying to hide what they were doing. I mean, right. nowhere the ref was really nowhere near the play. The play was over for those who haven't seen the video. And... I think it's the safety just sort of <laughs> runs right through his back um, and takes the ref out. So there's been cases about this, even between football players like a guy hitting another with a, with his helmet or kicking him when he's on the ground. Uh, you can't do it. Um, you've consented to sort sort of uh, you know some level of violence. Uh, by agreeing to play the game, but you don't consent to that,
2: right? And for me, the the alleged racial slur doesn't mitigate this at all. I don't know if everybody remembers, but a, a while back, Marcus Smart um, alleged that uh, he had heard some racial slurs um, in the in the stands as he went um, kind of berserk on them. For, look, I don't care if he said that your mother smells of elderberries. Like there's there is a way and a manner and a and, and a and a procedure um, for dealing with alleged. Ouchy words, all right. There's a there's a procedure for that. That procedure is not punching somebody, sparing somebody in the back with your helmet. Um, as I like to say, like people mis misinterpret the fighting words doctrine. The fighting words doctrine is that there are no fighting words. There are there there are no words that you know. Fighting words are, are supposed to be uh, just for the legally trained. You know, words that, of uh, uh, by their nature, create such a blah 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 blah. Just because somebody says something that bothers you is not an excuse to physically assault them, and the law is extremely clear on that. And, and I think what Steve is pointing out rightly is that just because it's football, uh, that doesn't change change those normal rules.
3: You know, no. coming to tonight, tonight's game, a running back who will not be playing, Legarrette Blunt. Uh, he was most well known for punching out a guy on national TV when he was in college, and. You know, he he just basically (laughs) dropped this guy in the jaw uh, because I guess this BYU player said something.
2: Boise State. State. It was Joe's college that he was representing at the time. It was certainly Boise (laughs) State, yeah.
3: Yeah, so, you know, (laughs) he's had a pretty successful career despite breaking rules seemingly every other month. Um, (laughs) You know, (laughs) uh, and he won't be playing in Thursday's game, tonight's game, but, um, you know, he's still in the NFL, so... Who knows if there's really ramifications for this and if charges will actually be brought.
1: In fairness, the the issue that I thought was for Blunt that was always the reason why he shouldn't be in the NFL is him giving in to the blatant contract tampering that the Patriots did to make him walk off the field of a Steelers game only to be signed hours later by the Patriots. Are you
2: suggesting that the Patriots cheat?
1: I that would, <laughs> I mean, I would never. Uh, I think that's an issue for later on <laughs> the show. You're... Uh, no. Well let, let's go there now. Yeah. Like, no no, you want, I want to do your Okay, no, let's go wait, there. No no, all right. Um fine, fine, fine. Well the the one other non-patriots cheating thing that we had to discuss. <laughs> um, it, the one other thing on that front was uh earlier I was reading the story of James Blake being uh the latest person to be assault speaking of assault to be outright assaulted by the police because he, you know, Black people all look alike, uh, is functionally the argument that the NYPD was giving for why a plain officer with no badge decided to jump a former tennis star on the street. Um, I, was, I was heartened to see that
2: police, New York Police Commissioner Bill Bratton um, apologized to, to Blake. Um, Blake is actually biracial, so I think you know, you're half white, you get half an apology from the commissioner. <laughs> I think that's how it works now in the city. Better than nothing.
1: Well, it just hit me I, I, as I was reading it. For all of the horrible stories we hear about these sorts of abuses, the one that the part that got me was just how could a plainclothes person tackle you? It, you? You've got at that point, you've got to be assuming that whoever you're tackling might attack you back. They have no idea whether you're trying to rob them at that point. Like, at least if you're in a uniform, you know what's going on.
3: <laughs> what jumped out to me was that the crime that I guess. He was confused with doing was a credit card fraud. Exactly. Yes. Like this, exactly. This wasn't as if he was, you know, just mugged someone or had a gun on him. Like, what? Yeah. Why did he have to be tackled in the first place?
2: <laughs> By a plainclothes officer. Almost, you can almost see it like happening like in the middle of New York Stock Exchange.
1: <laughs> um, um, yeah, no, uh, it's sad. It was sad and, and probably telling that we're laughing about this. It's like it was just so absurd.
2: It, I, look, I'm not outraged because he actually got the apology. Yeah. Good, good for him. Yay. We're sorry. We beat the crap out of you for credit fraud. <laughs> for alleged credit fraud. fraud.
3: Listen, with the right attorney, he could develop some neck and back problems, you know, uh, (laughs) get some high bills from a chiropractor, and then we'll see what kind of settlement he gets.
1: Thankfully, he's one of the things he said about why he's kind of pursuing this issue when he didn't, he kind of initially felt like he wanted this to just go away, but then he felt like he should take it upon himself because he, as the former number four player in the world, he actually has the resources to make this something, so uh, good for him. Uh, So let's talk... Let's talk about the various things surrounding the New England Patriots, and actually, not so much about cheating as much as, at least on this point, as we're going to talk about Roger Goodell, and w- wow, that guy! Process. That guy. That guy ain't good. Good at his job now, is he? Uh, the latest is that this week we learned that Spygate, the infamous cheating scandal of the Patriots, the the one before. The Legarrette blunt tampering before that was the <laughs> Spygate one, uh, where they were taping defensive signals, allegedly walkthroughs, and using that to get the jump on opponents. That's allegedly having coaches
2: uh, steal play call sheets from From opposing, locker rooms, from locker rooms and rooms and so, yeah. hotels,
1: So allegedly, so it, this this controversy, as some may recall, was admitted to by the Patriots. A, on a very limited basis, and they received a very tiny slap on the wrist. Time went on, and now some are claiming that the events that happened after that are the reason why Goodell has a bee in his bonnet about Deflategate. Uh, and the, I guess the first part that I wanted to talk about is non-legal related, maybe. As I read this story, I want to know who still used Betamax
2: <laughs> the, the story
1: makes a point about how all these tapes are old Sony Betamax tapes, and I was like, in two thousand six. I
2: spell a check, man.
1: He. I actually was wondering if maybe the argument was in case. The tape falls into the wrong hands, no one would be able to play it, <laughs> like that's, it, it or 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 maybe I'm wrong, maybe like the NFL runs on beta because they signed a deal with Sony in like nineteen seventy eight or something but uh, but that's what I was I was trying that's the part that's been running through my head all week is why beta <laughs> i
2: think the, I think the non-legal thing that's been running through my head is. And I'm not a Patriot fan by any stretch, but I, I know a, a, a lot of my friends are Patriot fans. And the thing that they keep saying, I mean, most of them are crazy, but the thing that they keep saying is you know their argument is always that all of these cheating scandals, all of these things that the Patriots have done or allegedly done um, provide a very small, if any, benefit. And, and I think that that's a reasonable point, except for... Really, except for law, except for when you think about it like a lawyer, except for the process angle so that even if you can show that it's a small advantage, it's a small there's there's been no process that the Patriots have been held to that is like the other 31 teams football is a game of inches small advantages can help you in that, in those small sample sizes. Um, So I think those arguments are, are weak by my Patriot fans, fan friends. But to me, it really gets to the process issues where how, how are the Patriots being uh, policed versus the other 31 teams? Knowing that the Patriots perhaps need to be policed more, 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 (laughs) I guess I'm basically arguing like at what point do we have to start racially profiling the Patriots? (laughs) Wow! Because we know that they have a history of doing this crap.
3: Fox is going to quote this and just play it every time you're on again, Uh Between this uh, and my wife,
2: I'm going to like. Trump is going to yeah. send me like a so, sticker.
3: Uh, <laughs> I want to go back to the beta tapes. I mean, you know, if you ask the league's general counsel, maybe they're just easier to destroy. You know, there's nothing <laughs> they're it's not digital. Um, and but I think a key point is is not is that small margin that we're talking about and that the Patriots defenders and Bill Simmons and his Twitter rant, you know, uh, defending everything Boston, that's what won them games. They beat the Steelers in the '02 2 uh, AFC title game by a touchdown. We all remember the, how close the St. Louis Rams Super Bowl was. So that small margin can make a difference. And it was over several years. Who knows how, you know, how many games might have been changed otherwise. Um, But I think the thing that sticks out from this whole tape mess is that they were destroyed, (laughs) whether it was the general counsel or the commissioner. I mean, the image of them stomping tapes in some secret, you know, Belichick layer is crazy.
2: I think especially in the context of Tom Brady allegedly, uh, you know, I guess destroying his phone and having that be a big part of the NFL's punishment against them. Um, Talk about the pot calling the kettle black, which, by the way, Obviously, in in retrospect, Tom Brady was exactly right to sort that out.
1: Yeah, apparently that's the way the NFL operates. And <laughs> and that, and yeah, I I actually took from the this new Spygate thing nothing really new about the Patriots per se. I was much more struck by the Goodell issue, which is right. you've got this guy who is trying to play moral policeman, and to the extent he's being vilified for over DeflateGate, which we'll get to in a second to the extent he's getting vilified over that, it's that he's just too overzealous about the process and, like, punishing people for wrongdoing. And here you have a guy who... What what I took away from the story was, you know there's wrongdoing, you don't dig into it, you give out a slap on the wrist, and when you are confronted with the idea that it should probably be a different kind of punishment, your response is to tell your general counsel to destroy that evidence, and worse... He does it. Yeah, that, that's, the, that's the legal angle for me. I'm like, it, there may not be legal implications, but if you're the general counsel, you have an obligation to your client, in this case, the NFL, to when you're told, we have made a mistake, we didn't do a full investigation, other teams may have issues, there may be potential like fees and such stuff. They've got a franchise structure that's all crazy. You have an obligation to be the one that tells your boss... Actually, I think destroying this evidence is a bad Even idea. Even the
2: lawyers working for Nixon figured that out, <laughs> yeah. right? Well, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Steve,
1: how, Steve, you tell
2: me, how do you think Pash still has a job? Let's start there.
3: <laughs> you know, there's no board. There's no shareholders. There's no real legal action that could come from wrongdoing, like a shareholder's action or something to that effect. Um, it's 32 league owners and 32 billionaires. So it just goes at the whim. And the, these jobs are amazing. I mean, who else? can be so bad, like Roger Cadell has been, uh, in PR uh, every time they go to court, and still keep their job. So, whatever's keeping him there, I'm sure he'll do whatever it is, because there's very few other jobs that pay as much as he makes, and the same goes for yeah. the GC. I mean, he, he's one of the most powerful GCs in the country.
1: It just struck me from a ethical perspective, I was like, yeah, there's no legal action, but I mean, there are franchise obligations. I, it matters to have certain draft picks and stuff, and I, I could see, it obviously handled internally, that the league being involved in some sort of, well, you should have punished here, I demand this compensation pick. Like All those things have implications if you're trying to protect your client, because in so, many ways as a lawyer, you, but you but should protect you, them against not just legal issues, but... Themselves as a whole,
2: but Joe, let me push back on you yeah. for a second because because you said that you didn't think that the report really told you anything else so you don't know about the Patriots mm-hmm. or Gate per se. Told you more about Goodell, and, but doesn't Goodell's again? I keep coming back to process. Doesn't Goodell's abhorrent process here completely set the baseline for Brennan's decision in Gate? Berman's, yeah. Burmans, sorry.
1: Well, yeah, that's a that's an interesting way to sw- to transition. I think is to DeflateGate. So now we've got a good we've got a good background on how Goodell operated prior to DeflateGate. Was DeflateGate an insta- instance where he was doing the same sort of slipshod stuff, or was I thought kind of the lesson of DeflateGate was he kind of learned his lesson, and in this case he gets outside counsel, question how completely independent they are. But internal investigations run like that all the time. It's somebody who's not the guy that you go have destroy Betamax tapes for you doing the investigation. What do you think, Steve? Well,
3: there's so much to unpack with with this whole decision. Um, and I think what a lot of sports fans uh, lose sight of is that this decision, since it's going to be appealed, is, could have huge ramifications for lots of other areas of the law in terms of contracts and collective bargaining agreements. Do they matter anymore? So we can talk about process all we want, but it's my opinion, and I know a lot of others, that the process, to some extent, was agreed to. The players agreed to it. It didn't in the collective bargaining agreement. The NFLPA agreed to extremely broad language and to give Biddell, all of this power. Um, now, should he have been his own you know, judge and jury? Uh, maybe not, but I don't think they violated the CBA here in the way that Judge Berman uh, lays out in his opinion.
2: Well, isn't that why I think from a liberal perspective, um, which is where I'm coming from, isn't that why the Berman decision is kind of turns out to be one of the most amazing labor decisions. Just just take the sports out of it. One of the most amazing labor decisions that we've seen in recent memory because as a labor decision, this is saying that even if you collectively bargain away your rights to process and your rights to fundamental fairness, the court can reimpose those rights after you've given them away. That has broad implication across the marketplace Um, and I, I could argue good implications, right?
3: Well, it does, but it also it lays out. You know, I think I think the stronger points are about, you know, uh, Brady's team couldn't examine certain evidence and they couldn't do certain things. But most of the decision is about notice,
0: and yes. it's about
3: that there was no notice of of a penalty for this conduct. But how you go about applying that to other areas is really daunting. I mean, what do you, you have to lay out every specific conceivable? Workplace violation, and then what the equivalent punishment is, because uh, that's essentially what he's saying is that even though this could be considered cheating, Tom Brady didn't know that he'd get anything other than a fine. Yet Ray Rice could have legitimately been expected to get punished, um, you know, for domestic violence. It doesn't doesn't add up for me.
1: Yeah, the problem I had, and I actually very sympathetic. I think one of the worst things the Supreme Court has done over the last several years is. Give broad power to arbitrators to just basically run rough, roughshod over people's rights, assuming there's some contractual agreement somewhere that did it. But unlike just clicking yes on your terms to a AT and contract, this is collectively bargained, theoretically at arm's length, by very powerful people. And look, it. I was. I'm kind of happy that somebody poked the Supreme Court in the eye on this arbitration issue. But all I could think. And the reason why I was very vocal that I thought Berman was not going to side with Brady was when you go back over the last several years, like I was just in research for this thumbing through the last few decisions on this. Like in 2013, the Supreme Court made a decision that said an arbitrator who makes a decision based on interpreting the language of an agreement, basically interpreting the competition policy to apply to. To Brady in this instance, to be very specific, if even if, this is from the decision, even if that is wrong, indeed, even if the error is grave, if the arbitrator was given the power to make an interpretation regardless of its correctness, you cannot overturn the decision. And I'm like, that's that's ridiculous. And yet here, that's exactly what Berman appears to be doing.
2: Right. I mean, look, I think a couple of things that that really haven't been – and I think sports fans don't understand this at all. And I think even to some extent in the mainstream media at large, there is a lack of understanding of this. There is no way that this is a slam dunk win for, the, for Berman's decision on appeal. This is going to be a real significant appeal. Um, Indeed,
1: earlier this year, the Second Circuit had a case that – which is the body who will be listening to this, that did the same thing, that like, upheld the whole, no, if an arbitrator says they can hear the case, you can't mess with it right. on notice.
2: Now, I do think that, that the, the strength of, uh, of Berman's position is that he gave the Second Circuit a lot of reasons here. Yes, he did. And they can definitely, and I, can, I could see them limiting, kind of affirming his decision in a limited, limited fashion. And even that would still be a big win, I think, Um, For unions across the country. But I I don't think that it's well understood that this is this is by no means the legal process of this is by no means over. Yeah, Tom Brady is going to be able to play. And and, and that ship has sailed. But the actual what can you and can you not collectively? Do you have any inalienable rights that can you that you cannot collectively bargain away? That is now a legitimate court issue. Which I think is great. I mean, like, I think both Steve, you, and Joe are worried about this this decision and the legal implications of it. I, I'm very excited about it. I guess is, is the I best I'm way excited too. Well, of like, putting it. I, I don't think you should be able to collectively bargain away certain levels of rights, certain levels of rights, certain levels of fairness, certain levels of process. I don't think you should be in a situation where the guy who makes the ruling can also be the arbitrator, traitor, and then use. A biased report, and by the way, Ted Wells did not look good up in this, <laughs> and then use a biased report against you. I think those are all legal standards that I would like to see uh, be the law. It's not the law now, but <laughs>
3: listen, I, I'm not as much worried as it is just this. This is what was agreed to, so uh, you know where was the union on this? I, I think what gets lost here is that oh Brady won, but whoa. Why is there no critical eye towards the union who negotiated this? The players should be upset at both Roger Goodell and their own representatives, because yes. this allowed this to happen, and they keep going to court. Now the NFL keeps losing, so I guess it's not a bad strategy. Um, whether it's you know with uh, Adrian Peterson or or even Ray Rice, you know they don't have a good track record in federal court. But a Second Circuit ruling. You know, either way, uh, creates creates some strong precedent.
2: I can't imagine that when the CBA comes up again, that Demora Smith will, will will roll over on this the way he has. I I honestly don't think that Demora Smith and or any of the lawyers at the union thought that the CBA would be applied in the way that Goodell has decided to apply it.
3: Maybe, but you know, <laughs> this conduct, conduct detrimental, uh, which is it's Article Forty Six. It's it's throughout Berman's opinion, you know, conduct detrimental to the integrity of or public confidence in the game of professional football. What the hell does that mean? You know, (laughs) nobody knows what that means. And Roger has taken it and run with it. And, you know, as we talked about, there were certain reasons to do so, whether personal or, or, you know, he had a vendetta from years ago against Brady and the Patriots, but, you know, I think that should have had more weight here.
2: If you're a union attorney and you're looking at the next CBA, just uh, this, this is more whimsical. But what do you give up? What, what are you willing to give up to get that clause out of there? Right. So, so you want you don't want conduct detrimental. That's that's obviously not good for your guys. What are you going to give up? Are you going to give up 18 games? Are you going to give up? You know? Are you going to lower I would, I would want
3: it spelled out because I don't think the league loses anything if you spe- can specify. We saw with Marshawn Lynch last year. What does the media policy hold? You know, right now it's extremely vague. So what are the media commitments? When you deal with conduct detrimental, okay, you were able to draft a domestic violence policy. Let's, tr- let's draft a cohesive um, uniform policy, drug policy, which don't even get me started on that um, mm. in terms of their marijuana policy, because we're losing two starting running backs tonight for it. But, you know, you could, you could go ahead and break down, okay, we're going to specify what the policies are. I mean, the union's already given up a ton when you see uh, rookie and draft pick contracts that are pre-slotted and worth so little these days uh, comparative to, you know, veteran players. Um, you know, so <laughs> I, guess you're, I guess you will have to give up something because it's, it's all about money, but um, there doesn't seem much room to give anymore. This is such a lopsided
1: CBA.
2: I'm just here not to get fined, man.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and and in many ways, even if the Second Circuit overturns this, which, again, I'm on the union side. I'm just saying, predictively, I, I thought that given the way in which the court has spelled out the rules, that this was a pretty clear case that Berman went the other way on. But even if they overrule it in some places. One good thing about Berman's decision, like you said, is there were a lot of reasons there. And I think even if there's a problem, it reads as a roadmap to the next union negotiation, a negotiation that is, whatever happened, he said there's probably a problem with the person who conducted the investigation and issued the penalty naming themselves arbitrator, which is spelled out as something Goodell could do in the agreement, it's ridiculous, but it was spelled out that way. I think now, whatever the decision is, the union can say a federal judge has decided that that probably is a bad thing, so we want it out.
2: Joe, do we have time for me to ask Steve one more no, personal no. question? Steve, when am I getting my college football game back? I just, when am I getting NCAA 2016, 27? I, I need it. Aww. Michigan is not going to win the championship unless I am in control of the franchise. <laughs> of the, uh, right.
3: Well, you know, you could also put on some khakis and make $10 million a year and, um, you know,
1: pretend to be the coach up there.
2: I am literally not that crazy, it turns
1: out. <laughs> no, you could lose to Utah, too. Oh, that's true. Um, <laughs> oh, and probably that. many others this year. But... Um, <laughs>
3: <laughs> Listen, the, who knows what's going to happen now that we're, we're all clear that they're not employees and in, in the seemingly, you know, venue where this issue would be decided, the NLRB, said, "Now we're just not going to deal with this one. It's just ongoing. We've talked about it before, but, um, you know, imagine if they did this to steel workers um, or some other industry that wanted to unionize that. Oh, you can't come here. Sorry. Um, yeah.
1: it, it's absurd. The answer is no, you're not getting that game back, unfortunately. And two, uh, the answer I quipped the other day on Saturday when I was watching was that Northwestern took out all its aggression on the NLRB on Stanford. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> that was that was brutal.
2: It's hard to explain that game anywhere else. <laughs> all right, man. Yeah. I guess I'll just buy Madden.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming back. We do good with these sports shows. There's a lot to talk about in sports. Ha-bow! Yeah, so... By the time people hear this, the games will have already been played. We, we're recording it right before the weekend, so uh, we don't know what happened, but hopefully your team's won. Bill, you bet on it, but <laughs> not legally. <laughs> right, right, right.
2: And not by me, not this year. I, it turns out I have a rule. I don't play fantasy um, in the year that I have children, turns out.
1: <laughs> Fair enough.
2: I, didn't, I Honestly, I didn't know that uh, Bell and Blunt were suspended tonight um, until Joe told
1: me five minutes ago. No. Oh. Right. <laughs> wow. All right, well, thanks for being here, Steve. With, that was Steve Silver again from The Legal Blitz. You can read his stuff over at The Legal Blitz and at ATL Redline occasionally. Sometimes we'll repost that over on Above the Law, sometimes on Deadspin. You can read Ellie a lot of the time over at ATL Redline, also on Above the Law, and you can read me pretty much just at Above the Law. If you like the show, well, then why aren't you subscribing to it on iTunes yet? Because that would be a good way or whatever equivalent iTunes podcast service there is. Uh, it'd be a good way to get it in your box as soon as it comes out. Also give us reviews on all these stores. That helps us move up their search engines. And I think that's, uh, that's everything I give got. Give Joe reviews. I really don't want to hear from it. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> I'm going to write a review about how happy I was that you came with a shirt this time. <laughs> So I think for both of us here, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks.
0: If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit legaltalknetwork.com. You can also find us at abovethelaw.com, atlredline.com, iTunes, RSS, Twitter, and Facebook